Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to validate and support others who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Obviously, I'm here for my queers, but everyone is welcome here. Today, I'm going to talk to you about isolation, what it can look like when someone is trying to isolate you from friends and family and everything that you know, and how it can feel when you are isolated. Let's dive in. Okay, like I said, today I'm going to talk about isolation, the isolation tactic from an abusive person, why they do it, what it can look like, ways that they can isolate you, etc., People often ask me on my Instagram because I do an Ask Me Anything every Monday so that I'm available for the people, available for questions and things that people might not have seen answered before. But people ask me, when did the abuse first start? I said last week that I was physically abused within six weeks, but you know, it wasn't until several months after I left that I was able to actually say, the first abusive thing that happened in this relationship that went right over my head was two days after we first hung out. And so I started, um, you know, maybe during an Instagram live or whatever, someone would ask me and I would say, actually, it was very early on. They were starting to, um, you know, they would get angry if I tried to hang out with another person, whatever. And it wasn't until last week that I was sitting at work and I scrolled all the way back on my Instagram to June 6th, 2019. And then June 8th, 2019, June 6th was the first night that we hung out. June 8th, 2019, we were all at the park with the same friends that we were at the park a couple days beforehand, a couple weeks beforehand, sorry. And, um, One of the girls there who ironically was the person who was staying at our house when I finally got out and I detail that situation in the episode called the breakup. Anyway, she was there. She's the one who helped me pack a bag for my son and I to get out. Um, She had asked if she could come and stay the night at my house. Again, my dog had just died. She's younger. She's, she's a teenager, but like, um, you know, had some problems with her parents and things like that. So she liked to come over and hang out with me and my kiddo you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, sure. Ask your mom. You can come hang out. I don't see a problem with it. And my abuser left, left the park without even saying goodbye. And of course, I didn't remember every detail of this, but thank goodness that I had sent them an Instagram message and that it's still in there because it confirmed exactly what I remembered. Um, I sent them a frowny face and they said, what? And I said, you didn't say goodbye. And they said, I didn't think I was saying goodbye today. Uh, I didn't think I was staying by tonight, so I left. And I said, what did you mean? My friend is staying the night. I know, I overheard. Okay, enjoy your night. Are you mad at me? I have a lot on my mind. I thought you knew I wanted to see you tonight, but instead of telling me earlier today, you wanted to be alone, you last minute invite them over? Me. She invited herself. I'm sorry, I really do want to be with you. I'm sorry, I'm very sad. We could come over or you could come over or do you just not want to see me now? I don't want you to hang out with me because you feel bad. I want to see you. Okay, I guess I believe you. LOL. 
I'm crazy about you. It was so hard for me not to be able to touch you. Same for me. Maybe that's why I kind of lost my mind there at the end. So again, this was like the whole conversation that took place after they just like disappeared from this barbecue, didn't say bye to me, didn't say bye to anybody. And I'm reaching out like, what's going on? Like no one's ever just left like someone that I was like hanging out with and, you know, thought that we both liked each other and without saying anything at all, just kind of disappears, leaves me at the party, doesn't say goodbye, doesn't say anything, doesn't send me a message. You know, I'm of course reaching out to them like, Hey, I'm sad. What just happened? What's going on? Can you explain this to me? And they are mad. They're mad that someone else was going to spend time with me. They're mad that they weren't going to be alone with me. They're saying, Oh, I thought you knew. Again, I have a lot on my mind. Um, and you can see me already being anxious, like, what's going on? No, I want to see you. Are you mad at me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and this is, again, two days in. And I wish, obviously, we all kind of talk like this after we get out of these situations. But I wish, looking back, that I had been like, what the heck? Like, that's, th- this isn't a great way to communicate with someone. Like, they just left. This conversation is kind of odd. I don't understand why they're so mad. It's been two days. You know, when I was with my husband, he had his own friends. I had my own friends. We all hung out together. We hung out separately. We each had hobbies. We spent a lot of time both together and apart. We had a lot of friends. So for me, trying to hang out with someone that's not the person that I'm trying to date is completely normal and healthy. And when I say for me, I mean for anyone. That's how it should be. You should be wanting someone else to spend time with someone that's not you. Um, But Come to find out, this is a pretty common tactic. They want to spend all the time with you, hot and heavy, up front. I talk about this in the love bombing episode, which I believe is one of the first episodes, but they definitely don't want you going and hanging out with someone else. You know, like I could have been saying, oh, this is what's going on with this person. And maybe that other person would have said, hey, do you think you should slow down? Hey, do you think you should sort this out first? Hey, and then they might lose that control that they're trying to gain over you. So they really, really want you to be with them all the time. And you can see it. Right there, again, two days in, I lost my mind there because you said that someone could stay the night with you. When I look back on the course of my relationship with my abuser, they definitely chose who I was and was not going to be spending my time with. If it was someone who came in and saw my abuser and liked them and was like, Yes, this person's closed off. Yes, this person's got some trauma, but they're trying really hard. They're trying with you. They're trying with your kid. Lindsay, you're kind of messed up too. You're not a, you know, you're not a freaking cakewalk. You got to keep trying. You got to keep trying. Those people stayed in my life. Those people were allowed to come over, hang out with us. I was allowed to go hang out with them. This sounds like a parent-child relationship and that's creepy and you are absolutely right. It's not healthy. Um, But anyone in my life who came in and kind of figured out what was going on, they were out of my life. Anyone who said anything to me that then I would say, hey, I wanted to talk to you about this. You know, I was talking to so-and-so and they kind of pointed out that like we're moving really fast. Like should we be signing a lease together already? Out, out. They would turn me against that person. I'm going to give you two examples of people who came into my life and I lost pretty quickly. One example, very early on in my relationship, it was probably July of 2019. We started hanging out in June. 
I have a niece who is an adult. She's probably six or seven years younger than me, and she came out to visit me. We hung out. Um, She was only here for about three days, but she did not like my ex. She um, didn't like the way my ex treated me, didn't like the way my ex treated my son. Um, Basically, we, we did a trip to Vancouver. Everybody was happy. Everyone was in a good mood. My son was fine. He was a little baby. He was just tagging along. And my abuser complained the whole time about my son that, you know, like, oh, we have to do this, we have to do that because he's here. Oh, like, now he's going to take a nap. Oh, whatever. And everyone else was just like, yeah, we brought a baby on the trip with us. Like, this is just how it's going to be. And was just rude and was like, they would do this thing where they were just like moodily like lurking around in this shared space with everyone else. This happened a lot Like, they would be at the event, they would be at the family get-together, they would be wherever, but they were just, like, lurking in the background. And I'm hoping that while I describe this, other people are saying, oh my goodness, mine does that too, or mine did that too. Like, what is this? I don't know what it is, y'all, but it's not fun. It's like, when you're the person that's with them, you're just trying to like be in the moment and enjoy people but in the back of your mind you're like I'm getting in trouble for something later and I don't know what it is so you're walking on eggshells instead of being present you're like communicating you know acting normal but really you're in fight or flight because you don't know why they're acting like this and you don't know what's coming but anyway my niece at one point um called him out and was like hey I don't like the way you talk to her I you know, you're sitting here complaining about her son's dad, who again is her son's dad. They're not together anymore, but you're constantly talking about him. You're constantly complaining about him and your X, Y, Z talking about your exes all the time, trying to make Lindsay jealous, blah, blah, blah. And Lindsay doesn't say anything to you. So like, what is this? Anyway, whole other story about, you know, that, all of that, but because my niece called them out and made it clear that they knew what kind of person that she knew what kind of person they were. My ex was like, done, done, this person, bad. And I really slowly over time lost contact with my niece. We were really close and I still to this day have not, I've I've reached out, I've apologized and she said, I understand, you know, I saw very early on what was going on and I knew that you were going to get through this and I would just have to be here when you got out. And um, yeah, definitely still have not fully healed that relationship. The next person is my friend from Spain. I was alone for six or seven months and I didn't want to be alone the entire time. So I invited a friend from Spain to come and stay with me um, to just kind of keep me company so that I wasn't so lonely as a mom taking care of my kid day in and day out. I just wanted company. Um, And she ended up coming just a couple of weeks after I started hanging out with my abuser And I remember telling my abuser, like, I have this person who's coming to stay with me. And you could tell that they were annoyed. They were like, well, that's not ideal. We're trying to hang out. We're trying to like, whatever. You just have someone else around. Like, yeah, I'm going to have someone else around. (laughs) Like, I love being around people. I'm an extrovert. I'm a, you know, I'm a people person. So like, why is that weird? And then she came and again, very early on was put off. Um, Didn't speak any English. So couldn't understand the conversations that were taking place but was very put off by my abuser's energy and the way that again they had this like weird lurking in the background energy and would like sometimes be cool and fun and silly and play games and whatever and sometimes it's just like 
it, like a switch went off and it, it, they're just like, you just don't know what's going on. Um, and this friend from Spain did witness the first time that my ex physically abused me. Didn't see the physical abuse happen, but you know, I came, I, I talk about this in an earlier episode. It might be red flags that I missed. I talked about the first time that they got physical with me, um, where I was at the house, I was having fun with my friend, um, with my son. I had chosen that I, I, I decided that I wasn't going to see them anymore because they were my abuser because they were not, they weren't what I wanted. And they came here, were pounding on my door, refused to leave, um, for like a very long time. Anyway, I have already told that story. So go back and listen to that if you want to. But, um, after all of that, um, my friends started spending time somewhere else. There was a family in town who, they ended up being flying monkeys, but, uh, there's a lot of players on this chessboard here, but she would go over there because the, one of the people spoke Spanish and she would just spend time over there to kind of, to get away from us, to be totally honest with you. And, you know, she was concerned and she would share her concerns. And then my abuser would say, she's two-faced. She's over there talking crap about us, trying to make us look bad, trying to make us look like we're not taking care of your son, trying to make it look like we're crazy, blah, blah, blah. So I turned on my friend. And after I left and when I was in Spain with my son trying to heal, she ended up reaching out to me um, because she had been told by the flying monkey um, that I was in Spain and we caught up and... Um, the flying monkey did not believe that I had been abused and she is actually one who said, don't be stupid. I was there. Don't you remember all the things that I told you? That person is 100% capable of doing everything that Lindsay's saying, you know, believe Lindsay, whatever. Um, which I'm sure they still don't to this day because again, they are flying monkeys and they still talk to my abusers. So not friends with those people anymore. But anyway, my point is that I turned against this person who was genuinely my friend and I have reconnected with and I am seeing again this summer. So I'm super excited to repair that friendship and again, rewrite our story, make good memories, have some good times without someone else there controlling us, coming between us, telling me that she's bad or vice versa. Um, But if you've been in these kinds of relationships, you've probably lost friends like that too, where your abuser's telling you stories, telling you lies about them, trying to turn you against them or arguing with them or whatever it is so that you side with them or whatever, so that you lose that friendship. You lose especially those people who are going to put a bug in your ear and say, hey, I don't like the way this person treats you. I don't like the way they talk to you. I don't like the way they talk to your son. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, because if people are able to have that kind of access to you, your abuser can lose that control. I was also completely isolated from my son's dad for the most part. Um, I'm not going to get super into this. Um, We, even though we were not going to continue our marriage, we have always been pretty close in the sense of like, we are a family. Like maybe we didn't have this beautiful, amazing emotional connection, but we're a family. And we were able to, over the course of two and a half years, sneak conversations, sneak get togethers, sneak, you know, little outside moments where I wasn't being controlled and he could tell that I wasn't being controlled. So information was exchanged freely and things like that. But right off the bat, I was not supposed to see him in person at all. I wasn't supposed to go to his house. I wasn't supposed to have text conversations without my ex involved. 
there were a lot of rules like this that they convinced me that it was because they're part of the family. They don't want to be left out. You know, they're like the bonus parent. They need to feel like they're, you know, loved and cared for too. And I believed it, but really it served to isolate me from someone who probably would have if he had known what was going on and felt like it wasn't going to cause further problems. He probably would have been saying things to me like, like these other two people were, Hey, are you okay? Hey, do you need help? Hey, what's going on here? So definitely isolated from him right away. This relationship has been repaired. I said this, I think last week we co-parent together. We're good buds. Um, So very lucky to have somehow survived that and still been on a good foot with him. I had some other friends walk away because I was inconsistent. They would make plans with me and I would cancel because my abuser wanted me to be with them. I would, I I was, I was just flaky. Um, And you know what? We all have moments where we don't feel well. We're just not up for it. We're tired. Maybe we were socialized out whatever it might be. But again, when you're in relationships, you should not just be hanging out with that one person. You should both have friends and hobbies and things outside the relationship. And I have semi repaired these couple of connections, but you know, looking back, it's like, I remember being like, I don't understand why, like maybe, you know, maybe this person's like bad at communicating and like, just didn't tell me what they needed in the friendship. And like, maybe I, what, like, you just don't understand why they left And now looking back, it's like, well, yeah, they were actively trying to be my friend and I wasn't because I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to just come over to their house and hang out alone. I wasn't able to show up at their house when they were needing me because they were alone. They were sad. They needed help with something. Um, A lot of my friends, um, same boat. Their partners aren't around very much. So it was less, you know, we leaned on each other. But those people peaced out and 100%, I cannot blame them. It's very hard to watch someone just like get sucked into this situation where they're like no longer socializing. They're no longer that person who you were trying to be friends with. Kind of changing gears a little bit in terms of isolation. I'm going to leave the specifics with people in those kinds of situations. Um, We're going to wrap that part up. And I want to talk about the tendency that my abuser has to isolate people by moving them away from where they've been living. Um, I'm pretty sure this is a pretty common thing. I've heard Lee Hammock and Mental Illness talking about this before. I've seen it. Um, But what they do is they come along, they sweep you off your feet without love bombing, and they um, transplant you. So for me... um, we together moved to another town. I think I talked about this in the last episode. This is my second recording of the day because I'm going to Mexico next week. And so I'm getting a couple out of the way, but um, we moved out of town to start over to blah, blah, blah. But really it was to, again, distance me from my son's dad, distance me from my friends, distance me from the gym that I was going to where I saw people regularly, from the places I knew, from the people I knew, and to just live in a house with just them. Um, they ended up doing the exact same thing with the supply that they were going after immediately after me. It was even quicker than it was with me. For me, it was three months for this other person. It was like a day and, um, left, moved to another town, you know, again, lost her husband, uh, that, you know, 
she knew and was living with and being with and all those things lost um the gym that she went to the people she knew the places that she was used to and just had to completely start over i'm not gonna say anything about that it's not my business but in terms of or in the for the sake of pointing out this pattern of doing that i thought i would put that in there um and then I was told by my abuser that um, when they were married to someone, they moved their wife across the country. Um, and this is, I don't know. I hate like telling the other people's stories. Obviously, I'm not giving like specific information about them. It feels kind of yucky. But like this is just to prove the point that like, you know, this person moved across the country. And then, of course, they lived in a cabin in the woods and their wife didn't have a job, didn't have friends, didn't have family, didn't know anybody And like, the thing is that if you are isolated without friends, without family, especially without a job, especially without the person that you were living with, who could see and understand that you're changing rapidly, you're not acting the same, all of a sudden you're upset all the time, you don't know what's going on, like, what is this person doing to you? What's going on? But you can't really talk to them. You're not talking to your husband anymore. You're not talking to your friends anymore. And so no one can really see what is going on and how you're getting sucked into this like horrible black hole. But once they have you in that cabin in the woods by yourself, it's easy to abuse you. Who are you going to talk to? Who's going to point it out to you? Who's going to step in and say, hey, this isn't okay. Let me get you out of here. You're going to only lean on that person. They're going to hurt you and they're going to quote unquote heal you. They're going to hurt you. And they're going to patch up that wound with sloppy patchwork because obviously it's not fixing anything. And that cycle is going to repeat over and over and over again because that's the trauma bond. You, you, they break you and you feel like the only person who can help you is that person who broke you. So I just wanted to point out that, you know, if you start hanging out with someone and right off the bat, they're trying to get you away from friends and family, spend all that time with you, trying to get you to move somewhere else, especially huge red flag, put your feet down, put up some um, boundaries, watch for those red flags because they're going to fly. They are going to fly. Nobody should be moving you away from your life in three months or one month, a week or a day. Run for the hills. Y'all know, sometimes when I talk about this stuff and I share the things that I knew, like when I just said, oh, they moved their wife across the country, put her in a cabin, you know, completely isolated her, blah, blah, blah. And I've talked about, um, what I talked about one where like your abusers telling on them. So I don't remember what that episode's called, but like they tell on, they're like, this is my pattern. This is what I do. And I share those things. And it's kind of embarrassing because you're like, wow. There were so many. They literally told you, this is what I do. The last time I moved someone from Florida to Washington State, and she was mine. I owned her until she decided to go live in her car to get away from me, which I'm going to make it seem like that wasn't about me, but, you know, like, whatever. And you're just like, okay. But then now looking back, it all falls into place, and it makes sense. And, y'all, you can't beat yourself up over it because hindsight has 20-20. We're, we're learning, we're getting out, we're growing, we're healing, and we're making sure these things don't happen again. So don't feel bad, you know, laugh at me. We'll laugh together because sometimes, you know, we look back and we're like, holy crap, like what, where was my brain? But it really isn't, it's not funny. It's horrible. It happens so fast that you don't even realize it's happening. 
Anyway, y'all, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that if this happened to you in your relationship and you still are in that stage of like having a lot of confusion or maybe you've forgotten some of the things that happened early on, I hope this helps bring you some clarity. If you are starting a relationship with someone and you're and you're listening and you're like, oh no, I'm picking up on some of these things, please, if it's safe, get out of there. <laughs> get away from that person. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty nasty stuff. And trying to get your life back, get your friends back or get new friends, it's very, very difficult. But we'll get to that on another day. Um, like I said, I have a huge list of, uh, of topics on here. So if there is something you specifically want to hear about, let me know. You can find me on my website, thelindsaygoodman.com, or you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at thelindsaygoodman. If you like this episode, you like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most. And every time you do those things, it really does help this get to more people. Thank you so much, y'all. Go do some self-care, drink some water, um, hang in there, and I'll be back next week with more.